Hey y'all, this is Sam. And this is Steven. And this is Crimology. This is episode 129. Um, do you want to do your thing now? No, you int- no, remember? You introduced. Okay, I forgot. We play our fun little music and then we it's play the game. It's been a minute. Yeah, it has been a minute. So, it? before we get started, make sure to like, subscribe, and comment. Um... I always refer to this as YouTube video. Um, make sure to rate and review us. Make sure to share. Um, do all of those things. We have Instagram and Facebook. Both are at CrimologyPod. Our email, CrimologyPod at gmail.com. That you can send anything over there. Whatever you want. Send it over there. Um, and so, yeah, with all that being said, let's get started with this week's episode. This is episode 129, The Cleveland Torso Murders. So this week's state is Ohio. All right, you ready for this? This is my just fun little thing to... Really, this is just to make fun of Sam because she knows... Zipnata. Nothing about states. Okay, so we're kind of going to do it like we did last... uh, I think we started with Oklahoma. Sorry, Texas and California. We'll catch you at some point. Um, Okay, what uh, number was Ohio... um, in the United States. I'm never going to get any of these. I know, but it's that that's why it's really funny. We're going to just take a guess. It's on the east side of the of the United States. So you know it's got to be like early. I'll give you Here's that hint. Here's a better question. How did it happen? Like I don't know. <laughs> it's on the east Can, side of the state. East side of the nation, yes, not the state. So, sure. Yeah. Okay, just 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 take a guess. Okay, well, one, first I was going for the tens, like one through fifty. I was going for the tens, somewhere in the tens, but then you said, "Well, it's going to be on the east side of the state." I don't know, forty-eight. Stephen, I genuinely don't know. <laughs> Seventeen. Oh, I was close with my first guess. Yeah, see, that's why I would... The 10s. Yeah. That would have been 10s. I, I yeah. would have said 15, if we're honest. Yeah, so... Uh, there we go. It's your I'll best, take it as a W. Best guess so far. Um, what is the capital? Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. It's not Cleveland. Okay. Is there any other cities in Ohio? Oh my gosh, you just offended like 95% of Ohio here. I don't know. Columbus. Oh. Okay. What? Okay, so there's three three main colors in the in the Ohio state flag. Can you guess one of those colors? Probably blue. Yep. Can there you, we go. Can you guess two others? White. Yep. Guess the other one. Don't overthink it. Red? Yes. <laughs> Okay, let me see. Ah, uh, there's one more I want to do, and it's really just, <laughs> just, it's just kind of funny. Um, and actually, if you don't overthink this, okay, you'll get it. What is the state tree? State tree. Yes. First thing, pine. 
No. Okay. You said don't overthink it. Think sports. Think sports. Think college sports. You're not speaking my language. Oh my gosh. The the Ohio State. Maplewood. Yep. That's right. At the end of the year, the Michigan Wolverines are playing the Ohio State Maplewoods. What are they? Buckeye. Oh. I could have, honestly, honestly, I could have sat here for years. Never would I have thought Buckeye was a tree. Yeah. Never in my life. Genuinely, like, I was today years old. There you go. Anyways. All right. Let's get on. (laughs) Now, that is the more you know segment. Um, Sam obviously does not, is not a true Ohioan. But I'm not an Ohio. I'm also not any of these. I'm barely Texas. You could ask me these questions about Texas and I may not know. I'm just not smart is what it is. So like, did did you like, uh, did you like that Houston thing I sent you today on TikTok? You know how you play TikToks and you'll like put them off to the side and you'll like cook. Yeah. So that's what I was doing. So I actually listened to it twice because I was cooking. The the funniest thing. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. We're going to jump back to Texas here. I didn't know they had small buck buckies. Um, my hometown where yeah. I grew up yeah. was the only town in Texas that had a bucky, a small buckies at the beginning of the town, yeah, and at the end of the town. Ah, blessed. One of those has recently closed, oh. but small buckies is what I grew up with. That's see, that's I didn't interesting. Grow up with big buckies, because I saw that TikTok today and it went. But a small Bucky's would be like a QT here. Right. Ugh. Anyways, bless let's continue. Quick, bless quick trip. Episode 120, 129. This is the Cleveland Torso Murders. So pretty much the only case that pulled for Ohio was the um, Ariel Castro kidnappings, which we covered a while ago. Um, so here's a shout out to that episode. If you haven't listened to it already, go check it out. So... This week, we're talking about a list of murders that went on in Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio from 1935 to 1938, where 12 people were killed, and the person who committed these crimes is still unidentified. We're calling this episode the Cleveland Torso Murders, but this case, it's got like literally a bajillion names, Um, but one of the most common other names is the Kingsbury Run Murders. So, a little more information about our victims. We have 12 victims, 7 men and 5 women, but only 2 victims were ever identified. We'll go into that. The reason there were so many not identified was because these victims were homeless and or prostitutes. So no one knew who these people were by word of mouth, and no one ever came forward to label any of these victims as missing, so they went identified. Most of our victims lived in an area called Kingsbury Run. That was an area in Cleveland that was very dangerous. And this, so this case happens during the Great Depression, So people who were really struggling and didn't have enough money to stay in their homes often found themselves in Kingsbury Run. So it was basically a homeless community. 
the living conditions weren't great and people started referring to this area this part of town as the hobo jungle so this gives a little bit more context to why we don't know the the identities of a lot of our victims because most of these victims were living in kingsbury run kingsbury run in particular was popular because there were train tracks that went right through the community so people were able to jump on and off of the train when it came to try their luck somewhere else and so that's why specifically in this area is why people kind of migrated there Uh. and it's also why obviously a lot of our victims aren't identified so because these victims weren't labeled as missing people just don't know who they are and so officials didn't know if they should be looking for bodies or not so it sometimes took years for officials to find these victims bodies because nobody was late saying hey my so-and-so is missing. Right. Can you look for them? So some of our victims were found three, four years later. Some victims were found real soon afterwards. Um, so basically it was just this like, literally police are looking for this killer and they're trying to look for these bodies. But then sometimes the bodies are too decayed to even get evidence from, or you found this one body that, just died the day before so anyways this is like a case that's Hmm. all over the place so how do you look for a victim that you don't even know that you should be looking for to begin with so now even though we have a lot of unidentification going on in this case the reason all of these crimes are claimed to be by the same person is because of the way they were all killed all of our victims were decapitated Sometimes limbs were cut off. Sometimes their cor- their torsos were cut in half. Sometimes the limbs were found in different areas from the rest of the body. Sometimes the whole body was just piled on top of each other and left there. And most of the victims' heads were undiscovered, which also doesn't help with identifying the the um i put patient on this paper on this paperwork can you tell i was at work i i can tell that you work in the medical field yes (laughs) which also doesn't help in identifying the victim yeah i would i yeah that's a yeah pretty straightforward statement there and then when you don't find arms so you can't use i mean i don't know what fingerprints was like back then but you can't victim doesn't have arms so you can't identify fingerprints and then there's no head so you can't do dental records and so you're like okay well here's this body that we don't know who it is and okay i guess add it to the list so when officials looked at the bodies they were able to determine that a lot of the victims cause of death was either from the decapitation or the dismemberment meaning that most of the victims were alive when they were killed. Jeez. So let's talk about the two victims that were identified. We have Edward Andre. His body was found on September 23rd, 1935. His head was found buried close to where the rest of his body was, which I want to say is the only victim that head was found. But his head was buried with the rest of his body. He had been dead for three days before he was found, and he was identified by his fingerprints. 
he had worked in the psychotic, uh, psychiatric ward of the city hospital, but at the time of his death was unemployed with no means of financial support. The second victim was Florence Polio. She was also decapitated and dismembered. Her head was never discovered, but she was also identified by her fingerprints. Now, surprisingly, there were actually a lot of decapitations during this time that weren't added to the 12 that are claimed to be from the torso killer. So a lot of them were treated as isolated crimes. So we only count 12 to this killer, but there could have been more. And you want for the sake of this episode, we'll say there was definitely more. <laughs> Honestly, looking into this, I was like why so many like i was like i mean okay you hear about like king henry's time right like mm-hmm. king henry the third and how he was just like decapitating everybody king, king, like um, like walking through a jungle with a machete right, basically right yeah and that's like what was happening in these two years like there were so many decapitations that i was like how are police gonna be like yeah, uh, it's another one. It's another guy. It's not the same guy. Because I'm like, who's decapitating I mean, people? I honestly think kind of like at that point, like, and, and I go back to my, like, when I watched Criminal Minds for a while, of like, you don't want to put it out there so much that you're like, oh, yeah. And then basically you're just causing an absolute panic because anytime this one thing happens, like, you're like, oh, right. it's the it's the torso killer again. Right. Right. When it may not be. So in the search for this killer, thousands of interrogations were done. They ended up doing so many interrogations that they ended up solving over a thousand other crimes. Um, and then the crimes stopped as abruptly as they started. So I guess one kind of positive in this is Good. that you're interviewing everybody that you're like, oh. You didn't do this, but from questioning you, we figured out that you did this. Good job, Cleveland PD. Right. So after years of looking for their killer, police decided that one way to make sure these crimes stopped for good was to burn the the community that had grown in Kingsbury Run. This would then force those people to find other places to live, which hopefully meant that it wouldn't be as easy for the murderer to find victims. Police were also hoping that in making people move, that some would get frustrated or annoyed or mad, so then they would give any information that they might have been holding on to. This didn't help them at all. Of course the not. only thing it did was force people to stay in the same one-bedroom be- apartment. So then when searches continued police discovered hundreds of people who were living in horrible situations without electricity, toilets, or running water. You had this one-bedroom apartment where you had 20 people living in the one-bedroom apartment. So it basically didn't end up the way they wanted to, and they basically just ruined thousands of people's makeshift homes that they were barely making it by in. So anyways, not probably the best idea, but... Not as a great job, Cleveland PD. I know. (laughs) So apparently the torso murderer wrote a letter to Cleveland police 
that said they had moved to California where they had killed a woman in Los Angeles. And then in 1947, police found the body of the Black Dahlia, which is another unidentified murder, which is another episode that we've done in the past. Wow. Two plugs for previous well, episodes. Well, I say apparently. You're, you're on fire. I say apparently because there was like two articles that I found that mentioned right. this letter. Couldn't find the letter. Couldn't find like where the letter was sent, anything. But two articles and like that's all the articles mentioned was like, hey, he wrote this letter. Um, so I don't know if it's true. I should put that out there to begin with. So I guess it is two plugs, two different episodes. But I don't know if this part is true. Yeah, we'll run with it. Just, you know, because that's right. That's just what I'll do, at least. So the cut that was used in the decapitation of the Black Dahlia was similar to the cuts in the torso murders, so it was thought that they might have been done by the same person. But obvious, uh, obviously with us not knowing who committed either of these crimes, it's never confirmed, doesn't help us out, and you're like, right. okay, great, thanks so much. One man that many people think is their guy was Frank Sweeney. But all of the evidence against him was circumstantial. He was a doctor, so the clean cuts could have been him. He failed two polygraph tests at the beginning of his interrogation. He sent threatening postcards to the lead investigator of the case and threatened the investigator's family. Frank was a veteran, and when he served his time, he became an alcoholic. He ended up putting himself into a home to help him with his abuse, which just so happened to be around the same time that the crime stopped. Hmm. Now, the biggest piece of information officials tried to use against Frank was that during the Great Depression, he used to work at a clinic in Kingsbury Run. During the time of the murders, a random man came forward and said that someone approached him on the street that Frank's office was on and tried to drug him. However, when police asked this man to take them back to the place where the incident happened, he ended up bringing police to a completely different part of town other than where Frank's office was. Mm. So, but officials were just like, oh, he was confused and like didn't know what we were asking him to do. And you're like, okay. So like, uh huh. this there's not a lot here as we can tell he's a drunk who failed his two polygraph tests at the beginning he was also drunk during those polygraph tests they could have asked been asking him did you drink today and he's like no and then he failed the polygraph test because you lied you know and so it's like right so it's all of this information and you there is bits and pieces that you're like "Hmm, hmm, hmm, that may be our guy but there's a lot of information that you're like okay just because he threatens you doesn't mean he's a killer right um so all of this and we still don't know who committed these murders but this is one of those cases that errol castro was literally the only case that i found (laughs) and then it was a random and because this name has so many different nicknames to it, I had like two um, cases written down to like look into both of them. Yeah. And they both ended up being the same one. So I was yeah. like, okay, well, I guess this well, is our, 
episode. So if you're from Ohio and you're like, this is not a popular case, so sorry. If you're from any of these states and you listen to these and you're like, I've never heard about that case ever. Sorry. I don't know. I Tell Google. Tell Google that it's wrong because that's what I did. Okay. Anyways. I don't think it works like that, but okay. Write, write Google a letter. Yes. Address it to dear Google. Dear Mr. Google. It's Miss Google, actually. Is it? I don't know. I just wanted to argue with you. Google could be a woman. Could be. She knows everything. <laughs> but no. Anyways, episode 129. <laughs> um, like I said, Facebook, Instagram, or email. Make sure to check all of that out. Make sure to share and share. subscribe and like um, and do all of those things. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for listening. And like always, this is Sam. I don't have a catchy thing to say for Ohio, so I'm sorry, but this is Steven. And this is Cremology. Cremology.